Hey, Goosebuds listeners, I, this is episode three, I wish we had a name for listeners, like a nickname, like, uh, Goosebudites, I don't know, we'll work on that, something along. just giving you guys a quick heads up, this episode is wonderful, though if you're wondering why it's taken so long, we ran into some technical difficulties, uh, after the recording, a large part of it was corrupted, and I've been spending the past several weeks trying to save it stubbornly, and I realized most of what you missed is just Dom, Paul, and I talking about terrible things about R.L. Stein, the wonderful, wonderful man responsible for the book series that we love to review and has created this entire podcast. So I finally have given up. I'm sorry to say we've lost part of the podcast, but the real juicy, meaty parts of episode three, Monster Blood, are still here, and you can still hear us coming in just a little bit more of a slander about R.L. Stein, who is our, our all-father our Odin son, so to speak, of horror children's books. Again, enjoy the episode. Again, about how Arl Stein is writing smut. Well, he would. Um, well, he would write the accompanying stories to the photo sets. Uh, I think they were of S and M stuff, like the the that that kind of that kind of uh, uh, genre of pornography. Oh. And uh, it, it would be like the kind of stuff that was like Biff was a was a <laughs> high school man or something. <laughs> and like, oh, man. And like it was like and Cheryl. He liked her. <laughs> Wait, no. You know? This actually would be really great. So if we're following that these first three books we've read, and I know people have asked about our theory on that Arl Stein didn't write all these. We'll address those at some point. Yes. But if he wrote these three books, he likes to describe physical characteristics way more than he ever needs to. So what we're yeah. now saying is he could totally apply that to like he had five veins down the length of his penis, yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and then he'll. Uh, I think uh, the man in the photo set uh, randomly walks over to a window and shuts it uh-huh. because, or no, uh, a window blows open. Blows what, open. What was yeah. in the last episode? The freaking red herring window. Oh, that was the first episode <laughs> with the window. Oh man. Uh, the, no, that's the that's uh, stay out of the basement. That's book two. Was it? Was it the window? Yes, yeah, I think so. yeah. But anyway, I was trying to make a good callback. I blew it. But no, no, anyway, it's great. He, that's that's something. That's something he did apparently that I read in an interview. We has to. We have to find that, right? You know, we have to find that yeah. and read that for Goosebumps at Night. Yeah, yeah. I oh, think yeah. a lot of his descriptions of, of tits were that their parents just didn't understand them, <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, "Look, this is good stuff, but you're going to parlay this into some sort of other medium." <laughs> yeah, it's not no. Here. All so, of the porn stuff we set up with, even though these characters in these porn stories are probably in their late twenties, like the parents had to go away on a trip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm well, gonna, I- I'm gonna stick with that into talking about this book because that's the sure. first thing I want to talk about in Goosebumps Three: Monster Blood, if we can. Okay. okay. First, Here- first off, I just want to yeah. I just want to say this is the cover that got me into Goosebumps, and I was like, oh shit, what's this green slime coming down the stairs? <laughs> I never, I never read Monster Blood. Never read it. My mother read it to me. Wow. Really? Yes. That must wow. What, what a cool, what a cool mom. Me. Yeah. yeah, she would read. I think she read "Stay Out of the Basement" to us as well. Whoa! Yeah, she would just hang out with us and read. 
Yeah, Monster cool, Blood. Mom. Monster Blood, I think, somehow goes more into just full on. This is crazy horror fantasy because it. Yeah. As a yes. as a credit to it, at least. Exactly. Yes. Okay. So here's the thing. Got a little surprise for you here, Chad. Okay. A uh, little Halloween trick or treat. <laughs> Tricked ya. So we didn't read the book, but <laughs> <laughs> we. Uh, we 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 didn't we didn't have the time to read a children's <laughs> book. <laughs> okay. This is good. But but okay. but big old but but big old but we took the 20 minutes to watch the the television you show. You watched the fucking TV show. I didn't even get to watch it. Okay. All right. So right. let's we, compare we thought this would notes. be fun. Exactly. We thought this would be fun. We'll compare the two. Oh, my God. I almost wish you hadn't even seen the TV show because I could just explain to you the plot of a book. I think uh, we're going to have missed out on a couple key points. Oh, this yeah. Thing. There's some very deep subtleties, which is actually one of my major <laughs> notes. So we'll see how much it compares to the TV show. So okay, cool. If you're listening at home, you can just cut corners and watch the TV show. <laughs> uh, Monster Blood, if you're not familiar with the concept, does eventually come into multiple sequels in Goosebumps franchise. Just a green, gooey, gloop thing that gets bigger and bigger and turns other things big whenever they eat it, which seems to happen in every Monster Blood book. Yeah, so somehow somebody eats Monster Blood for some reason. Yep. I it guess it delicious. makes sense. You thought, did it look good on the TV show? Because it does not it's sound gak. good. It's Nickelodeon uh, gak. In the fir- When they first pull it out of the jar, it's gak. And then it's like starch, cornstarch and water with uh, dye. I think for the most most of it, but whenever they're handling it, it's gack. It looks like the most delicious laffy taffy you've ever seen in your life. Because in the book, it feels more like actually the way that he describes it is completely different consistencies all the time. Early that's on, that's how it is in the show. Yeah, early, yeah that's how so I guess they the were show. true to the book. Early on, it feels like a big giant rubber ball that you can kind of shape, like almost like a stretch Armstrong arm, mm-hmm, like yeah. just that is a liquid. Uh, mm-hmm. But then later on, it just sounds like it's just soup, like it's just like milky soup that also is like gelatin. Mm-hmm. Very, it's very like, confusing. It's like when you chew gum for too long and it just turns into like, you know, like it's just like, like melting in your mouth. You or you, you chew gum and you eat a chip and you're still trying to chew some yeah, gum. Yeah, and then it gets like metal oh, gets those crunches. In it that stab you. Oh, yeah. Do you remember doing that? Uh, I remember yeah, being I mean, a kid chewing some gum and there'd be some Doritos in the old it, bag with uh-huh, the triangle on uh-huh. it. And I was like, oh, I want a Dorito. And I chewed some. I remember this day that I ate Doritos and gum for the first time. <laughs> and I was like, my gum got all soft. <laughs> It would also happen if you ate some Sour Patch Kids and some Doritos, because then you would get them in the Sour Patch Kids and they'd mix together, and then they form like death crystals for your gums. <laughs> well, you probably thought you were it. cheating the goddamn system by like, oh, add some flavor to this dead gum, but then you just yeah. have <laughs> yeah. weird sand paste. Okay, so you... this the setup for this is once again uh, a boy is stuck with his parents out of town. Another mm-hmm. another goddamn family trip. Another goddamn new house to stay in. I Absolutely. hope this stays consistent through all of the books. I just didn't realize <laughs> that. Uh, but I believe the character's name is Evan. Uh, is, is sent to live with his deaf uh, aunt. I but, think partially deaf, if I remember oh, from the book. I remember is, that 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 part of the book. Yeah, that this is very it. frustrating because in the book, she's described as flat out deaf. Like, she won't hear her. And then there's weird things, like, when they go to the door to the ring of the bell, the parents are, like, dropping the kid off. And, like, she won't hear us at all. She's completely deaf. And then she just answers to the door anyway. So, 
<laughs> it nothing ever makes sense as far as the realm of her deafness. Yeah, see, that's what I always thought. Like, I remember, I remember my mother reading me the story and saying that, and then I was like, "How did she answer the door then?" This and happens then I think all my, the time. And then I think my mom was like, "Oh, like maybe she's partially deaf." I, I had to keep <laughs> writing down as I read the book. Wait, is she blind or is she deaf? Because she will just respond to Evan's conversation sometimes, or like <laughs> will hear them coming and then come and like interact with them. Well, I think what we're learning here is that Dom's mom is a better writer than R.L. Stein. I think so. I think your mom was giving I, some hot notes. I think a lot of moms might be. <laughs> but uh, anyway. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to describe some main key points from the book, and I'll see if any of this comes up on the, in the sure. show. Because uh, these obviously are very crucial to the, the point of the story. When uh, the parents are dropping off Evan at their Aunt Catherine's, uh, so they can go look at buying a new house. Hot realtor mm-hmm. stories in every episode of Goosebumps. In Hotlanta, yeah. Uh, Hotlanta, yeah, yeah. Hotlanta. Uh, the mom is trying to argue with her son over why he has to go. And then proceeds to go into about two to three pages of mental gymnastics about why, oh because my. he can't tie his shoelaces, he can't be trusted. Oh over, my god. Yeah, and... Having to defeat her son in a logic trap game, and I just wanted to say, "You're the you're the mom. You're the mom. You can just make him go. That's all it well, is." We were watching this, and there were many parts where uh, we were like, "Oh, that was the end of a chapter right there. That was a scary moment that almost that ended a chapter when she got touched him on his shoulder. That was the end." And we were like, "But you know what? We we got a good ten pages of bullshit." Stuffed into 30 seconds right there. Because of all the mental gymnastics he does and the heman and hawing that his characters do for entire pages where they're like, oh, I just got to think about something for a bit. You know what I'm talking about? No, yeah, of course. So he's uh, Evan, I believe is his name is, right? Uh, Evan is super kind of weird in his, his attachment to his parents. Let me go on. Maybe this didn't come up in the TV show. Evan... Uh, as upset as parents are leaving, beyond just a, oh, I don't want to live with my Aunt Catherine because she's weird and deaf, also weirdly biased, Evan, like, treat your parent, your relatives better. <laughs> well, uh, there's a lot of things where, like, he goes, like, whatever will I do without my parents for a couple weeks? I don't know. You're 13. Massive jail session. Like, <laughs> I'm reading this now in older, after post-puberty thought process, and everything he complains about would have been, like, Oh my God! Are you telling me that I have whole weeks to just hang out undisturbed in rooms on TV and everything? It can just drain my balls dry. Sorry, <laughs> sorry to be graphic, but that would be the you, kid's priority. My aunt's deaf; she can't even hear it. Yeah, I oh can my just God! Be you could play the porn without headphones on. That's amazing. That's brilliant. Oh. Well, if you had procured a a VHS of said, <laughs> yes, porn, yes, a you VHS. know that. Back in the day, you were lucky if you had a, cut, a torn out photo of a magazine. You were lucky if E on the beach was on. <laughs> Remember that show? What was it? The E show where they went to the beaches around the world. Oh, Wild yeah. On e, I believe, Brooke, Wild on, yeah. Because you'd be like, oh, there's going to be bathing suits. Yeah, this. that, that oh, would yeah. be prime material for little Evan. But he, uh, not just upset about his parents, he's also admits to eavesdropping on his parents all the time. Like, he's complaining about how unfair his parents are. He's like, I always know that they always talk about me because I creep in and listen on all their conversations. Like he's outside in the the backyard playing, and instead he's just like trying to listen to his parents' conversations. This guy has some major attachment issues. Does he spend to his time parents. with his, Does he spend time with his parents in the book beyond just standing? Up no, on because the, front the parents porch? are completely gone the entire time. But all we okay, know is yeah. that this kid really, really hates his parents being gone. 
I'm going to read into it because of stuff later on in the book. I think there's a bit of an edible complex going on. I think there's a little oh. bit of a parental attraction. Oh. oh. Didn't come across in the show. Maybe they cut that. They might have cut that out. They might have cut that out. Uh, well, maybe, maybe our, uh, you know, most horror stories are, you know, tales of caution to not be too much of one thing. <laughs> and maybe that's it. Hey, don't like your mom too much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh my god, this this story's scary to me now. I love my mom. <laughs> uh, there's a few things I really like about the setups of it, other than so now that the parents are gone and Evan's now living with his uh, weird aunt Catherine, who is deaf and just has like strange things like a cat and a bone necklace. Uh, they keep drawing attention to to a uh, stark degree of this is no longer just a hint. This is something important. Right. Because uh, this is the fifth chapter where he mentions the bone necklace. Uh-huh. Uh, but what I thought was was interesting was one of the early chapter transitions, the ones that, you know, the, the misleading uh, uh, scares. The jump scares, yeah. Is uh-huh. the Aunt Catherine comes to greet them at the door, just assuming people are out there, I guess, with her deaf ears. Uh, and, she probably checks every 15 minutes. And, you know, and yeah, and greets the door with, like, bloody hands uh, and freaks them out. She's chopping up meat. I guess she's just chopping up meat. And yeah, saying, I remember oh, she's meat, like yeah. she asks if they want some beef or something like that, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like I'm just cutting some meat. Do you want some meat? Like, n- no, Aunt Catherine. No one eats just raw beef. You, you don't eat it. She, yeah, uh, no one just wants. I, I mean, maybe a steak tartare now. Yeah, yeah. But you a, know, a little bit. Uh, the next <laughs> yeah, chapter. Yeah, a little thirteen-year-old kid wants some steak tartare. <laughs> the next chapter. Um, uh, she, she's not doing that in the show. In the show. She's conducting an orchestra on her on her record player. I'm sorry, no what? One. I'm sorry, what? She's just conducting in her living room. She's got her she's got her Flight of the Valkyries, as Don pointed out, ripoff. It's a ripoff of Flight of the Valkyries, which is a uh, you can use that. There's no copyright on it. Anyone can use that song. <laughs> <laughs> and they're just they're doing a ripoff of it. And she's running around like goddamn Mozart, just just conducting in the room and there's no one there. She does that until the end of the episode. <laughs> the whole episode she's doing That's that. all Wait. she's doing until the end of the episode. Is she not deaf? I'm... No, it's not really. It's. It, I think they they may have mentioned that she might be partially or something, but uh, you know, she has full on conversations. Yeah, and and with... Catherine does not exist in the book without being mentioned every time that she is partially deaf. Does she like classical music? At least she is no nothing. She just is deaf wow. and is kind of rude. It doesn't talk to him very much. But then Why she'll did they add that. Yeah, and then she'll just make weird jokes every once in a while, which is important of the reveal later on. Um, okay. The reason I was mentioning the early uh, kind of jump scares and chapter transitions is by chapter three or four, the chapter close is uh, Aunt Catherine opens the door and tells uh, young Evan and their dog Trigger, which is a terrible name for a dog. You are dooming yes. that dog to be killed by a gun at some point <laughs> by calling them Trigger. Uh, just come here, Evan and Trigger. I'm going to take care of your dog. And the dog like backs away scared. And I just went, wow, even the dog has a penchant for jumping to conclusions. <laughs> a little quick to judge there, Trigger. <laughs> maybe, you, maybe you're a little... Trigger happy. Aww. Am I right? <laughs> Thank you. Good night. Thank you. Yeah, there's this over everybody. That's it. Yeah, just she's just a very cruel, partially sometimes deaf woman, or sometimes all the time deaf she, woman. She has an allergy to trigger in the show. Hmm. Yeah, I think she, she just sneezes, she sneezes randomly. She sneezes randomly near him and then tells tells 
Evan to tie that beast up in the backyard. These seem like character traits that are supposed to be added for like comedy's sake. Just like, ah, oh, you know what's funny? People unable to handle a big butt. Like the just the Marmaduke yeah. rule. Uh, yeah. Unless they change the ending towards maybe where we need to compare things for sure. Um, the setup of the of the book, and it does take a little while to get into it. I will I will give them credit. There's a lot of just like moving in and weird Aunt Catherine. And probably like 10 chapters until they finally decide uh, Evan and his new uh, lady uh, young friend named Andy mm-hmm. uh, yep, decide Andy. to go to the toy store to just get toys uh, okay. and stumble across a can called Monster Blood. What? Oh, wow. Wow. What Drastically a- different. All right. What in, is the in, TV different? In the TV show, he shows up. She puts him in his room. She's like, your room's upstairs. Don't go in the room across the across the hall. Evan goes right into the room across the hall immediately. Doesn't even think about it. Goes in, <laughs> and she kicks him out. Tells him never to go in there. Stands in front of an armoire. Wait, wait, wait. And then yeah, and then there's a dream sequence. Uh huh. What? Or no, 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 no not no, just dream it's sequence. Not a, it's a real life sequence. There's a real life sequence where she Evan's door is open, and she's like looking out a window in the hallway. And then Evan's supposed to be sleeping, but he's awake. And she comes in and she shuts the door. And that's it. That's the entire scene. And, and Evan is supposed to be scared. He gets that was the end of a chapter, I'm and, sure. And, and, and Paul Paul drew a conclusion that that was <laughs> the end of one of those shitty chapters. Be like, well, I'm glad I saved myself uh, two minutes from having to read that. No, that's not <laughs> in the book at all. She also humps an armoire at some point, too. I'm sorry? She does that. I'm sorry? She also humps an armoire. Yes. <laughs> what is the yes. context for humping the said armoire? It's a scary armoire, so she humps it back into not being scary. <laughs> yeah. Okay, all right, all right. There's clearly some differences here on the story. Let me uh, yes. let me lay down the the book's main main course here. Uh, they go to this toy store. He's just met this girl named Andy. She's gonna buy a toy for her best friend or something. It's just an excuse to get to the toy store. Uh, the toy store is arguably the most interesting part of the book because it is a toy oh, store yeah. run by a crotchety old man who seems Ooh. to just be a nonsense, not important character. Okay. Uh, who is very mad. There's no business in the toy store and the kids are just keeping asking him for quote Nintendo games. And he's <laughs> clearly very mad that they're asking for Nintendo games that he doesn't carry because he just sells old fashioned board games. And that uh-huh. is more interesting. This crotchety old man battling the video game industry with it's, his like wind up toys. It's fun to watch a man stuck in his ways just crumble. As yeah. The yeah. Oh, and he's very casting. stubborn. And, and so they, uh, they keep wandering through the store uh, they go close to uh, your setup. They go to a back room that they're not really supposed to be in and stumbling mm-hmm. across even more rejected toys. See the can just called Monster Blood like it's a toy. Uh, the shop owner, very bad shop owner, refuses to sell them the Monster Blood. He's like, ah, it's probably not very good. You have to... And the boy's like, no, please, please. There's a there's several pages of just begging for this toy. Oh, my god. And I'm like, oh, this is why the shop owner isn't doing well because he's standing to have a standard of quality for his products. Right. <laughs> you say children are dumb and will buy anything. <laughs> I mean, you need I think, to capitalize on that like the rest of the world has. <laughs> I think to be really cynical, toy stores are essentially selling garbage to kids. Right? Yes. There's very Future few, garbage, yeah. Yeah, there's very few practical, like actually worth of value toys other than maybe Power Wheels. You know I want me some Power Wheels. Oh, yeah. Otherwise, it's mostly garbage. And his toy store owner is like, no, nah, these kids need really working stuff. Really, really good working stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, so the kids, take the, uh, the, the kids take the monster blood home and just start 
feeling around and experimenting with it, which I will at least set up now. Uh, Analogy: This is a this is a story of, I think, of coming into your sexuality. I think and so. Yes. This, there's a lot of hints in this book that if you wanted to read into it, this is about a boy's sexual maturity from being <laughs> adolescent into sexually developed, or at least into exploring his sexuality. Uh, there are several mentions to any time someone recognizes that he's hanging out with his young girl. Andy, they reference how cute she is and how he's oh. his little girlfriend. There's no sexual chemistry whatsoever, but there is a, a lot of experimenting in the attic with a strange substance and playing mm. around with fluids. Uh, there is <laughs> growth of human beings after said experimentation. Right. Uh, I think this whole thing is essential. And there's also a lot of like rising up against your mother figure, that sort of thing. Uh, a lot of trying to encourage eating of said gross fluids I think this is about poor Evan trying to get his freak on. I I agree with that one. I could I could uh, just based on that that idea and what we saw on the TV show. Yeah, it, it kind of makes sense. <laughs> yeah, and it and it gets out of hand. It gets out of oh, hand. They're afraid of being caught. And they're get, yeah they start getting they're afraid of being caught. And then and then it gets so out of hand that there's just jizz like flowing throughout the house. <laughs> Which happens anytime a young boy jizzes for the first time. Sorry, Which a lot happens of these any time I'm alone for a weekend. <laughs> I guess the, the dog that gets too big is kind of an analogy to uh, unplanned pregnancy. Jizzing, jizzing, on your do- jizzing on your dog and it gets Oh, gross. Jesus. Yeah. yeah, that's also that. Yeah. Uh, how does it differ, now that I've talked about jizz, boy jizz, for uh, five minutes, how does it differ from the TV version? So the TV version is about 20 minutes. Yeah. Uh, and we have that set up. The parents are going to go away. He's staying with the, the Aunt Catherine. And it's it's like we said, just the the, the whole, uh, uh, what is what is that? Uh, orchestra the conducting. Orchestra thing. Yeah, she's, she's, she's conducting uh, in her living room all day, all night, seemingly. And that's what distracts her when they play with the monster blood. Yeah, so they go in, and then they go into her cabinet, and they're like, what's all this weird old stuff? <laughs> and then they find a jar that says monster blood, so they open it up and start touching it. And stick their hands right in it. <laughs> Just plunge right in. <laughs> and then they split it up. They put it in separate containers, and they're like, half for me and half for you. Totally different substance now. Yeah. Totally different consistency. And she's, like, and she's like, we'll put the empty one back, and your aunt will never know, because she's an idiot, So apparently. this is one of the aunt's property. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. And, they, and, the, and the children decide to take it away. Um, they steal it, yes. So, uh, and then then they, what, 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 it starts growing, right? It starts growing out of hand, and they're, they're trying to transfer it to buckets, to to uh, ice ice oh ice, yeah there's coolers. a lot of this transition of like this bucket shifting game goes on yeah. for a long time in the book there is a lot of like ah oh, coffee cans not hold enough guess I'll put it in the bucket there's just no like an hour later foresight of that's not gonna hold it like just they just yeah. keep moving into some slightly bigger thing a slightly bigger thing be like oh no I have the same problem. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a dumb character. <laughs> so when does uh, someone eat their first monster blood? Well, so uh, pretty quickly, actually. Pretty quickly, uh, they cut. They get back together uh, the night after, or the day after finding it. Yeah. And he's flubbering it around like All he likes to, because that's the first thing they do. I was definitely thinking about it. flubbering. Yep. Yeah. So so he's like, I wonder how high I can go. 
and he throws it on the ground and it shoots and he's like that went into orbit and it comes back down and trigger eats it and he's like fucking trigger eats shit and I, <laughs> you saw it earlier when he ate andy's paper god damn it fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh and, and and after that what happens i mean just ben a lot of just, it, uh, uh, just a lot of bullshit of them being like it's growing yeah, and most <laughs> of well, that they had, like, the, had the chapter ending moment before the commercial break where trigger eats it runs in the backyard and lays on the ground and is like like whining and then it, it like co- fades to black and then fades up and then they're touching trigger and he's like oh trigger's all good and they just let it be yeah if you oh. feel a lot of sympathy for dogs there's not that bad but there are a lot of times in this book where it looks like trigger's about to die so if you've had previous yeah. like pet deaths or something if you have a trigger for trigger warning trigger don't. dies the majority of the book is yes now that we've had trigger uh, also eats the monster blood in the book just from some rough housing, just rolls into it, is mostly just, huh, Trigger's getting a little big, and then just continually, night after night, <laughs> moving the monster blood to new containers. Favorite logic trap, and I'd love to find a Goosebumps book so far that has worked its way around this, is, I can't tell anyone about it. They'll think I'm crazy. I'm like, you have, yeah. uh-huh. you have, you have monster blood. You have a giant tub full of it. At one yeah. point in the book, uh, he talks to his aunt Catherine because now she's completely deaf at this point in the book, and he has to write on a piece of paper like "Help me!" and he writes literally "Help me!" There is monster blood downstairs. It is huge and growing. I can't do anything about it. And she just laughs and goes, "Ha! You're crazy, like your father." So she acknowledges that monster blood is like a thing, though. Oh. And then just <laughs> lets it go by. But like she's like, "I can't." He's like, "I can't go to the police. They'll think I'm yeah. crazy. Like, take the police." To the basement. To the blood. They will see it and go, well, we at least got to call like waste disposal services or something. Yeah. <laughs> They'll go, well, we can shoot it. <laughs> but that's about it, boy. We could put it in a bigger thing. Maybe that <laughs> Slightly <laughs> bigger, though. Not yeah. much bigger than this tub. I don't want to get crazy. This, this brings up in kind of like, what is Monster Blood's endgame? I don't think Monster Blood is, well, Monster Blood is implied to be sentient later on. But, like, what is Monster Blood's ultimate goal if it went unchecked? Would it just I mean, absorb uh, the world? Ma- is, it, is it, like, gray matter? Yeah, is it just absorbing Regu, everything? Yeah. yeah. I, here's the thing. Well, I'd, I'd like to hear where the book goes with it ultimately. But, uh, well, first off, they get away from that logic loop by having uh, the ant it being her possession, so they can't talk to her. That's about actually it. a better yeah. fix. That's actually a it's better, a better yeah, fix. That's actually, that's actually a better written version. Yeah. However... Something I forgot to mention: when they open the jar of monster blood, a cat materializes oh, yeah. behind <laughs> them that they don't notice, and it walks away. And it and it hangs around them while they're doing things like pouring the monster blood into bigger containers, and makes not cat meowing noises, but eighty yard human meowing noises the entire, time. the entire time. And it's not a, a female doing it. It's like a Canadian. It's man. It's, it's like a Canadian man being like, "I'll put this here for placeholder." <laughs> <laughs> oh, so that means just be like meow. That might be better. I might be doing. I it might better. be doing it better. It's terrible. <laughs> okay. Uh, but any, but but anyway, she, she, so that cat shows up, and 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 they're trying to figure out what to do with all this monster blood. And we're kind of at the same point in the story. I would, I would, in in our narratives and in our individual narratives. Yeah. Do you want? Do you want me to continue? Because uh, I feel like this is where it's going to differ. Yeah. Well, well while I'm here with the book, uh, I'll hit with the f- book first. Um, sure, and, sure. Again, while they're doing all this monster blood moving around, uh, imagine like Benny Hill music playing. Uh, <laughs> it it would have co- made it better. It culminates in the dog has gotten too big, 
and Monster Blood has grown to such a size that Monster Blood is now chasing after them because their mm-hmm. final end game of it is we got to get this Monster Blood back to the toy store. They're like, they want to follow toy store return policies so much that they are now <laughs> dragging barrels of Monster Blood back to the toy store, which is interesting because if you wanted to return it, you could just say, I'll take a scoop of can and bring the can of Monster Blood back. They want to bring all 100% of the monster blood back to return it, uh, so they're drawing it back, and then the mo- and the monster blood basically like becomes sentient and starts bouncing after them, chases them back into their house. Meanwhile, the dog has grown to the size of like a T Rex, has already mm-hmm. attacked people. Uh, oh, it is Jesus. revealed when the monster blood uh, starts attacking their aunt. There's a lot of really awkward uh, long delays of like I must. Fight the monster blood because I am the one who created it. And they're like, what? He's like, actually, I am not the one who created it. She did. And she points over their shoulder. And the cat that we've been seeing all episode is actually a witch who Uh possessed their Aunt Catherine for no reason whatsoever. Just all we know is under her spell for 20 years, explaining her deafness i guess that's a side effect of being possessed by a witch mm-hmm. and yes, her possession. rude demeanor Textbook possession and made aunt catherine make the monster blood so that the monster blood toy itself was harmless yeah. is that it was a curse at some point when they brought it home was part of the curse that she would have the bad business sense to give the monster blood to a failing toy store <laughs> no 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 that's the monster blood is which makes it almost kind of less interesting and scary because honestly the scariest idea to me was that it was this like long forgotten product and there was a crazy uh-huh. inventor or yeah. like that's the more abstract crazy thing but what it really it is like a government test or something oh yeah that's like that. way more fun and honestly like that idea that there were theoretically more cans of monster blood out there this is yeah. the reveal is saying that that is just normal gack it is a toy gack <laughs> that she cursed and turned it to make ever expanding monster blood so monster blood in itself is normally safe uh yes. she the monster blood is attacking them Little you know, a giant dog just shows up and accidentally just casually knocks the witch into the monster blood in which she is suffocated. It kills the witch instantly. Everyone shrinks back to normal. They have a good old time. Mom shows up instantly, just quincely. Uh, Mom shows up instantly, just really nice timing. They have a nice little uh-huh. laugh as they look back on the floor where the monster blood is. It's gone. And a book. Oh, okay. okay. So well, ours... Starts off with a fantastic CG rendition of the cat sitting on the banister. <laughs> okay. Like, it's not really there. We can tell because we it's make It's a CG film. cat. <laughs> I think a 12-year-old might have been able to tell that it wasn't really there. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty bad. <laughs> it was really bad. It, it morphs into the witch woman who has really crazy nails, which she likes to flourish. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's revealed that the ant has been good the whole time, actually, and she trapped this woman... When she was lodging at her house, so we're not we, we're not sure who this woman is, by the way, right because bat, because yeah. in her in Kath, Aunt Catherine's own home, this woman is doing some kind of witch spell incantation. She's got some like some drawing circles on the ground where she's summoning spirits and whatnot. And then they wrestle because she tries to throw her out, and then she steps in monster blood, which is Nickelodeon gag, <laughs> and she gets and she and she gets into it, and she puts it in a jar. Yeah, the monster blood is already a a malignant force because it eats her and i think she was using it for her incantations makes the monster blood cooler than in the book apparently so what you're saying in the tv show that monster blood is just running simultaneously to this witch 
slavery thing happening. It was like a like a bat wing or like a nude eye that she was using, you know, during her incantation. Okay, so, so she did. A, she did also mutate it. Is what you're saying? It's like a it's a it's a it's a reagent for her spells. Oh, she was using. Well, there's there's a, a there's reagent. a scene the scene we were talking about with the ADR man cat going. <laughs> Hello, like that, I am a cat. Where where. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Where, where that is apparently making the monster blood grow. Yeah, I think I, I, you know what? I didn't think that the cat was making it grow like that, but she is. Yep, she's controlling it. Yep, because you didn't think that because it didn't sound like a cat. No, <laughs> uh, but then same ending. Uh, we see Trigger eat the ball, and then we're like, "Oh no, Trigger's gonna die!" Cut to commercial. Cut back. It's like, "Oh no, my dog's an actor." By yeah. the way. It's, See that he's a great actor. He did a thing, and then uh, and then we don't see him again until he's giant. Pretty good effect. It's for a pretty the show. good effect. It, it, the door opens. He, he puts his paw. The door open, he yeah. puts the paw his paw in. He barks. He puts his snout in. He barks at her. She's, Solid effect again. She steps back into the monster blood, and she's back in the monster blood. She goes back in the monster blood. Everything shrinks. Evan's on a plane. Evan's on a plane telling the story to some Macaulay dweeb. Culkin looking nerd. <laughs> and some dweeby kid just and, sitting next to him. And then they were like, he was like, where's your dog? And he goes, oh, he's down in the cargo. He's fine. And it cuts to the dog and the dog's barking at uh, uh, Evan's luggage. And the luggage is oozing monster blood. So there's monster blood and, in the l- l- luggage? Yeah. 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 Well, Well, here's the thing. That episode is called Monster Blood Part 1, and then the following episode is called More Monster Blood. And we were going to watch it because we thought maybe it co- corresponded with the book, but then we were like, nah, that's it. That I, no, we've already disappointed get... Chad enough. <laughs> we, we've, we've done enough here. Let's stop. So you think the TSA would like pick up Monster Blood, even in early 90s? You think they would have noticed? In a, pre, in a pre-9-11 world? You think they still, no. oh, I yeah. guess they were so laid back. <laughs> oh yeah, this is this is witch goo. No, they get this out of here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so witch goo. Is that on the safe list? Yeah, it's on the safe list. Let it go. I do think there's a few interesting things that happened in the book in terms of the middle part where we're just watching a dog grow. We're just watching a dog grow. It's a really nice time. They yeah. uh, they do take the dog uh, to the vet. They this the the one time they do a logical thing. They won't they won't mm-hmm. show the monster blood to the authorities, but they can take their dog that is abnormally growing to the vet uh uh-huh. and this is honestly a curious question the vet's like yeah this is very strange i don't know what this would be uh he's 12 years old that's that's unnatural uh we'll take some samples and some blood samples and cell samples send it off to the lab what would that have come back with anything would that have actually like that i think they probably would have just been like we're gonna take some blood samples take him home uh chances are good in a week his heart will explode uh, you'll probably have to bury him. Then. Okay. Uh, did the show have uh, two antagonists in the form of these twin bullies? No. No. So the book has this completely not needed uh, characters. It just essentially they felt like they needed to throw someone else in the neighborhood for them to interact with. Mm-hmm. It's very self-contained in this one. Uh, there are two twins who are big and wear like metal shirts. And they Ooh. just... Beat up Andy and Evan nonstop. Not just like, Aww. man, the book sounds awesome. Not just, <laughs> like, not just like steal their bike, which they do. There are multiple times where the bullies just go up to Evan and kick him in the ribs and beat him up like a history of violence. And at one point, they at one point they go over to Andy and beat her up and steal her bike. And for some reason, the fact these two older men just beating up a little girl like like fight club level like oh my god like oh my god what are they doing to her 
It's it's very. There's like two chapters where Evan is sleeping off like broken ribs. Jesus, <laughs> well, that's what he gets for exploring his sexuality. That piece. Yeah, and they're, and they're and, only and, and there. The aunt, and, and the ant can't hear the beatings. <laughs> and they're only there just so that when Monster Blood goes rogue at the very end, there's a, a a scene where like the bullies get caught up in the Monster Blood and are rolling around inside of it, presumed dead for you know hours. Or their dicks just got huge. <laughs> yeah, ooh, yeah. Uh, Which is uh, an, uh, a metaphor for uh, incestual sex. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, incestual twin brother sex, yes. yes, yes. Uh, so they don't elaborate too much on what is the actual setup between Aunt Catherine and this witch and why there was slavery. Maybe that's just thing. Maybe just witches <laughs> just pick random ladies and just make them deaf servants for 20 years. Uh, Aunt Catherine's gambit in this one was... I want monster blood to get big. Like Catherine does it uh, so that I will die so that your spell on me will go away, which is pretty morbid for a kid's book. Very. Yes. Uh, uh, this is just a scary border comes in and starts doing demonic seances in a room and the, and aunt Catherine tries to kick her out. That's the, that's the, the that's know, the extent of it. The yeah. Extent I will still this, say yeah. this is another example. I think where the backstory for what is happening in the real world Sorry, the, the backstory of what's happening in the current timeline is way more interesting. This, like, indentured uh, witch servant is working silently, uh, yeah. waiting for someone to free her for so long. This this toy store selling, like, a weird uh, government agent uh, yeah. monster blade. Way more interesting, much like the uh, enchanted mine in the first book. That had the you know, uh-huh. like gas cloud. <laughs> Way more interesting than just kids running around, like just carrying buckets of goop. There's times where where you feel like he's like, I'm gonna take this all the way. The goop's gonna go crazy and make this dog huge. And it's like, dude, you could you had something right over here. It was right here. You just missed. You walked over to the dog and, and, <laughs> and thought that was more interesting. The the government testing shit was a lot cooler, man. You could have gone with that. I I would like to point out that uh, R. L. Stein has said in the past that he would first think of the title and what the cover would look like and start from there. <laughs> and uh, I think that's very apparent with Monster Blood, uh, as the cover is Monster Blood with <laughs> Monster Blood coming down the stairs in in drippy green ooze. And I would also like to let you guys know that I I made um. Uh, uh, my own Goosebumps parody books in third grade. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, well, they weren't parodies. They were just funny, spooky stories. Oh, yeah. And I don't remember what they were about, but I definitely drew Monster Blood one time. Can you uh, find one and like read it to us at some point? That would yeah. be the ultimate dream. Mm- I wish. Well, that's the, wait, my my parents had seven kids, so they're like, we don't need any of this shit they made. <laughs> they threw it all out. If I was a only child, they might have held on to it. It's but. the it's the Miley Cyrus nipple principle. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're like, ah, we we've seen love, Enough. our love create things. Get out of here. <laughs> yep. Well, Monster Blood in itself is actually one of my favorite just concepts because it has like a transformative property. I do remember thinking that every time, and maybe I'll remember differently when we ever get to Monster Blood two and three, that they still just make animals bigger. There's nothing like, it's just like, ah, oh, hamster, he's going to be big. Like it's that same kind of idea in uh, Ninja Turtles, right? Uh, Revenge of yeah. the Ooze or Return of the Ooze mm-hmm. or whatever it is. So, Secret, Secret of the Ooze. Thank you. Uh, the one time they give a mutagen to other animals, like more dangerous animals and Tokar and Razor are just like a fox and like a snapping turtle. 
Be like, yeah. oh my god, that's right. I want to see what all of the other animals would be instead of just lame turtles. Is the same principle of, of Monster Blood. It's really just Ninja Turtles Mon- mutagen. Monster Blood was his best chance to have a merchandise line of toys. Oh my god, like, you're right. For instance, actually sell Monster Blood. For instance, sell the toys of the mutated Monster Blood monster animals. Yeah, and the kids could fight them. They could be like, they could. You could actually have a whole series. Split off of Monster Blood if you really wanted to. He should he should have hooked up with that toy store owner, man. He had a he had an in. Uh, yeah, you could or you could have like the witch, like she could have gotten away, and she's just doing the whole Rita Repulsa Power Rangers thing where she's using oh. Monster Blood to like mutate different things into her creatures, and then these kids it's like <laughs> Ghostbusters it up. She's just using Monster Blood to let children discover their bodies. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a way scarier version. Do you guys have any other ways we could possibly make this better? I mean, that's a great selection. Also, if everyone yeah, just got more sexual, it. everyone got more naked, that'd be my note. If it could, if yeah, if there could have been a couple more bang scenes. In yeah, it, if Aunt Catherine scary. could have, you know, maybe taken a shower. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is. I I mean, I don't know how it would have helped the plot, but this is my question. It would have helped uh, the plot when the witch appears on the TV show. Is she super hot? Because yeah. I read her as super hot. Yeah, she's she's pretty attractive. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The way it's weird, and then Arl Stein wrote nothing erotic about it, but I was like, I can tell she's super hot. She was cute in the show. Okay, I'm gonna look at a little thin. Okay. A little French Canadian. A little French Canadian. She had the she had those cool press on nails though, and that was kind of alluring. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay. All right. Uh, I think that covers up all of Monster Blood. That was, you know, I liked doing it from this angle where we where we read the you read the book and we watched the show. Oh, I bet you did. We'll go back. We will go. <laughs> I, I enjoyed spending twenty minutes on this show as opposed to a couple of hours. <laughs> uh, no, but I, I would like to go back to reading the books. But I want to do this again because it was fun to see the comparison and see. Yeah, how much maybe it you should watch an episode next. We'll time. trade it off. Yeah. We'll trade it off. We'll find some way to yeah, definitely di- dive into the TV shows. I guess since it's also just like available on Netflix all the time now. It's all yes. right there. Yeah. Uh, so if you wanted to join along and you didn't want to read books, I guess you could watch the show and then be like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, it's, <laughs> and, and, and be like, "Why is everything so different and I don't better get, on the TV show?" I don't get this fucking podcast at all. <laughs> and then you turn it off. And then you turn it off. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, we should probably wrap, we should probably wrap <laughs> it up there, uh, guys. Thanks so much for being part of Goosebumps again. Uh, next book, what is it going to be? Does anyone know? Quick. Oh, what's number four? Let's see. Hold on. I'll look it up right now. Oh, my God, guys. The next book is a classic. What is it? Oh, you got it faster than I did. Are you on my fast computer? Wait, can I make a guess? Yeah, go for it. Is it Night of the Living Dummy? No, you're close. Oh, it's Say Cheese and Die. Say, Say Cheese and, and die. die. I think one of the most iconic oh, yeah. Goosebumps covers. Indeed. Yeah, Skeletons Having, skeletons a, having no a Picnic. Thanks. Pretty sure that's a plot to fantasy fiction. <laughs> this okay i'm gonna say this is one that i read as a kid i remember this being fucking ridiculous as a kid i remember being like this is this isn't doing it for me rl you missed on this one i'm excited <laughs> all right i'm looking I'm forward excited. to this one we will we will hit it up uh i i i can i can tell you the inception of the of the tale rl stein taking a photo at a family party he goes say cheese and smile and then in his mind he was like say cheese and die. <laughs> but he really he was like <laughs> because he wanted his family to die he hated them and, and then his little niece them. comes up and pulls his leg he's like uncle stein why aren't you coming with the hot dogs and he just mutters he's like my name is uncle rl damn it <laughs> uh, <laughs> call me by my real goddamn name <laughs> um so anyway we should wrap up there guys thank you so much for listening 
Thank you so much to everyone who tweets at us about the show. Uh, there's so many of you are mm. great. Anyone who spreads the word is awesome. Um, and also, uh, when this episode comes up, we will have it up on iTunes. So please go check it out there as well. A genuine review, even if you hate it, any review is great. Though, you know, throw that five star on there if you really, really like yeah. it. Yeah. If you really want to. And you can say anything in the review. You can say, I love Chad's voice. Or you can get elaborate and say, uh, I blame Paul for all the problems in my life. It's something that we do here. I mean, that's what I do when I leave reviews yeah. and just talk in my daily life. If you can go on the iTunes review and leave genuine complaints or, or compliments of how Paul changed your life, we will read them on the show. Paul sucked all of my emotions out. <laughs> like a Dementor, but like only the sadness. Just five-star <laughs> okay, reverse I mean, emotion Dementor. Only the sadness. <laughs> uh yeah uh of course you can check us all out uh guys want to plug where your stuff is uh you nah. can check out the fantasy i will you can check out the <laughs> fantasy fiction podcast at youtube.com slash fantasy fic and uh paul how about continue it's continue to, show right yeah you uh, we got youtube.com slash continue show you can also check out dom and i's work on uh jontron show you already watch it, probably. So it's on the internet. <laughs> yeah, it's on the internet. Uh, we are. We just did Clock Tower. We did Are You Afraid of the Dark? And there's part two coming soon on Halloween. So keep an eye out. Yeah, go watch their Goosebumps episodes and just wonder when we're ever going to cover the episodes that John covers. Oh boy. Uh, anyway, guys, right. thanks for watching. Uh, have a wonderful Halloween, and we will see you at some point in the next month or so. Have a, have a happy Halloween, and uh, and uh, reader beware, you're in for um, a scare. <laughs> <laughs> uh, bye, guys. I love you. Uh, explore your bodies. Don't be afraid. <laughs> bye, guys. Bye.